Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to to be back. Uh, We had a wonderful time in in South Africa. As you can see, we've uh, exchanged Naomi for a bigger model. Uh, (laughs) And so she has come back. Uh, having put on some weight, so it is quite exciting to see how she's growing. But we had a fantastic time with our family. I got to surf every day as well, which was also great. And uh, I also did some work. My father uh, dragged me to his church and made me preach. And so uh, I sent our greetings to them. You'll remember my dad, when he was here, he sent the greetings of the church, and so we've sent our greetings back. And so there's a, a good partnership that is developing uh, between the two churches. Jesus says in our passage that we were looking later on today, do not worry. And in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, cast all your anxieties on God because he cares for you. One of the ways that we can deal with worry is by trusting in a faithful God. In a life of so many uncertainties where so many things are changing all the time, we know God remains faithful. It remains the same. We're now going to have our Bible reading, which uh, is from Matthew chapter 6 and verses 25 through to 34. The Bible reading this morning is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Do not worry. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body for what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more value than they? you by worrying can add a single hour to his life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, so do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The end of the reading. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word to us. We thank you that you are a God who desires to have a relationship with us, a God who wants to speak to us. And we pray that you would speak to us afresh this morning through this passage of Scripture. Won't you open our ears and our hearts by your Holy Spirit 
to hear what you have to say to us this morning. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have you ever noticed that Jesus is basically a happy person? Sure, we know that according to the prophets, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We know that he wept at Lazarus' tomb. And we know he, he endured the pain of the cross. But these were the exceptions. When we read a passage like Matthew chapter 6 and verses 25 through to 34, we need to realize that this flows out of Jesus' very own experience of life. When he taught his followers not to worry, we need to assume that he taught them and led them by example. Jesus wasn't anxious and stressed out. He had the the skill to be able to live in the present, to give complete and total attention to the task at hand in the present. He was able to experience and celebrate God's goodness in the present. If that isn't a recipe for happiness, then I don't know what is. Completely opposite to that, we live in a world that seems to be continually stressed and full of anxiety. And it's so easy for it to rub off onto us. We all seem to be worried. The idea that we should not worry seems like an impossibility to some people. How can I possibly not worry? For other people, the idea of not worrying actually seems like a sin. Surely I should be worrying and I should worry. Some people are so hooked on worry that when they don't have anything to worry about, then they start worrying about why they don't have anything to worry about. Or they start worrying that I must have forgotten something. Does this sound like you? Yet Jesus tells us three times, in verse 25, in verse 31, and verse 34, do not worry. But what? What exactly is worry? What exactly is Jesus referring to? Probably the best way to answer that question is to explain what he doesn't mean. When Jesus says, don't worry, he's not saying, don't plan. Jesus planned ahead. Jesus had a mission. Jesus knew what he was going to do. Jesus planned for tomorrow, but he didn't worry about tomorrow. In fact, the best way to avoid stress is to make good plans. Secondly, when Jesus says don't worry, he's not forbidding us from doing work. He's not saying we should do nothing. He's not saying that we should all fall back in our lazy boy armchair and say, cash. Anytime, Lord, I know you can do it. I'm not going to worry. You will provide. He's not saying we should not do work. In fact, the birds in the air that he uses as an illustration work very hard to find 
their food. When Jesus says, don't worry, he is not saying there won't be any worries. He's not saying you'll have a life that is trouble-free and without any hardships. You will experience troubles and hardships in life. Jesus was a penniless preacher. Jesus had the shadow of the cross hanging over him. At least for quite some time, Jesus knew that he was going to be betrayed, deserted, and then executed on a cross. But he wasn't stressed out. He wasn't full of anxiety. When Jesus says, we should not worry, we should not think, oh, that's easy for you to say, you've got an easy life. Jesus is supremely qualified to say, do not worry. But why? Why should we not worry? Well, firstly, worry misses the whole point of life. Jesus says in verse 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? What Jesus is saying over here is that life is more than just material things. It's more than the the food and the drink and the clothes. Now Jesus is not saying material things, that drink, clothes and food, are not important. For without them we could not live. But Jesus is saying that there is more to life than this. You see, when you become so worried and stressed about material things like clothes and drink and food, you become so preoccupied, so obsessed with it, that you miss out on the more important things in life. Such as your relationships with your family and friends. And ultimately your relationship with God. And we live in a world that is so obsessed with material things. With money, with cars, with houses, with fancy holidays, with fancy food and so on. And we start to stress and worry about them. And we become so obsessed and preoccupied with all these material things that we miss out on what's really important our relationships with our family and friends, and ultimately our relationship with God. And Jesus says, Is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? Secondly, worry is a lack of faith. Jesus uses two examples to make this point, birds and flowers. And we read in verse 26, Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not not much more valuable than they? Jesus has clearly seen the birds flying around in the air without a care in the world. They're not stressed out. You've ever seen a stressed out bird sowing and reaping and storing away in a barn? 
No, they just seem to enjoy being alive. Yet, God feeds them. How? Well, of course, God feeds them through natural means, and they still have to go out and find the food that God has supplied, just as people have to work for their food. But they don't worry about it. And God, and they do find the food that God has supplied for them. And if God would do that for birds, how much more would he do that for us? Aren't we more valuable to God than they? The second example Jesus uses is of flowers, and we read in verse 28 and following. And why do you worry about clothes? Look at the lilies or the, or the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God closes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more, sorry, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Again, Jesus speaks as one who loves flowers, and he's probably held his breath at their their fragile beauty. One stray step of a donkey. And that wonderful object that's worth being in an art gallery is gone. And where do the flowers get their beauty from? Flowers don't spend hours in front of the mirror doing their makeup. Flowers don't go shopping to buy fancy clothes, stressed out about how they're going to look. No, they just be themselves. God-given glorious beauty. And even though flowers are here today and gone tomorrow, flowers are clothed with a greater beauty than kings in royal robes. And if God would clothe flowers with such beauty, even though their life is so short, how much more will God clothe us? You see, God cares for us. He will care for us more than flowers. Worry is essentially distrusting God. Worry is a lack of faith in God's care for us. God's provision for us. And that's why Jesus ends in verse 30 by saying, Oh, you of little faith. Thirdly, worry is pointless. Worry is a complete waste of time and nervous energy. Worry achieves nothing and helps no one. Jesus says in verse 27, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Has worry ever helped anyone? Oh, I'm so worried about all the people who are starving in the world. Did it help? Did it feed them? Oh, I'm so worried about my exam tomorrow. Did it help? 
Worry is a complete waste of time. It helps no one and achieves nothing. You see, there is a difference between a genuine concern and worry. If you have a genuine concern about something, it leads to an action. Whereas worry just stresses us out and we get all worked up and makes us inactive. We get so stressed and so worked up, we're unable to do anything. We can't even sleep. <coughs> worry achieves nothing and helps no one. In fact, worry doesn't add an hour to your life. It rather subtracts an hour from your life. You can't sleep. You get ulcers. Your immune system gives in. You become so preoccupied and obsessed with the issue that's worrying you that you miss out on the rest of life's blessings. Fourthly, worry robs you from the present. Jesus says in verse 34, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now Jesus is not saying we should not plan for tomorrow. What he's saying is we should not worry about tomorrow. He's encouraging us to live in the present. Worry is all about what will happen in the future, but all worry is experienced in the present. We experience acute stress and anxiety in the present about something that may happen in the future. The popular saying, don't worry, it may never happen, while being completely insensitive, is nevertheless perfectly true. We often worry, we often get so worked up and stressed about things that never materialize. And even if they do materialize, worrying about tomorrow will rob you from experiencing God's goodness and God's blessings in the present. So how do we overcome worry? Well, firstly, there are a number of practical things we can do. Ensure that you get good sleep, good rest. Ensure that you're eating a healthy, balanced diet. Ensure that you're getting regular exercise. All these practical things can help reduce stress and help you to deal with various situations and issues. Secondly, plan for tomorrow. Plan for the future. By making good plans for tomorrow means you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Write things down. I find if I'm suddenly worrying all about stuff that I have to do tomorrow, if I write down a to-do list and just put it on the to-do list for tomorrow, I don't have to think about it again. I don't have to worry about it. Same if I wake up in the middle of the night worried about something I have to do. If I write it down on a to-do list for tomorrow, I can go back to sleep. Thirdly, and probably the best way to deal and overcome worry is to actually do something. If you're worried about an exam, study. Do whatever it will, 
will take to remove that stress. But what if you can't do anything? So often we, we get so stressed because there's actually nothing we can do. It's beyond our control. Should we worry then? No. It won't help anyone. This leads me to my fourth point. We need to pray. When there is something that is beyond our control, something that there's nothing we can do about, then we need to go and turn to God in prayer and trust God. Trust the God who feeds birds and clothes flowers. Trust in the God who cares for you, who knows you, and who loves you. Jesus says, In verse 31, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For pagans, that's people who don't know God as a loving Father, for pagans run after all these, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. When something is beyond us, in those very difficult circumstances when the issue that is causing us stress is beyond our control, there's nothing we can do about it. We can turn to a God who knows us intimately, who knows our situation intimately, who knows what we need, and He cares for us, and He loves us. And we can place it into God's hands and leave it there. Fourthly, we need to get our priorities right in life. Jesus says in the next verse, verse 33, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says you're saying that the way that you overcome worry is by seeking first God's kingdom. It's about getting our priorities and our ambitions right. It's about putting God first in your life. So rather than giving priority to material things such as clothes, drink and food, or money, cars, houses, holidays, ensure that the first place in your life is pleasing God and doing His will. It's a matter of choosing who is the boss of your life. Jesus says in verse 24 of chapter 6, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with material things as long as they're in second place, as long as they are serving your greater ambition of pleasing God. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. And when we seek first the kingdom of God, when we seek, uh, our main ambition is to ensure we please God. 
Then Jesus ends by saying in verse 33, And all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, all the other worries in life will be dealt with. Firstly, that we put in proper perspective. For from the perspective of eternity, a lot of worries in life simply disappear. Secondly, when we make Jesus' priorities our priorities, then Jesus will provide all our needs. We won't have to worry. Just a bit of a side point. Sometimes people say, well, what about all those people who are starving in the world? Is that a lack of God's provision? Or is that a lack of their faith? There's no simple answer to that problem. I just want to make one point that the most basic cause of hunger and starvation in the world is not a lack of God's provision of food, but an unequal distribution of food by humans. It's very interesting that in the very same gospel, the gospel of Matthew, where Jesus over here says, God will provide and will feed and will clothe his children. Later, in the same gospel, in chapter 25, Jesus says, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, or you'll be judged accordingly. So how do we overcome worry? Seek first the kingdom of God. Get your priorities right. Make sure God comes first in your life. And then put your trust, your faith in that God. The God who knows you intimately, who cares for you and loves you. That's why the Bible says, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Are you feeling anxious this morning? Are you full, filled with worries today? then can I encourage you to come before God? God who knows you intimately. A God who knows your situation intimately. A God who knows your needs. And He cares for you. He loves you. And place your anxieties and your worries before Him. For he cares for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us, that you want a relationship with us. We thank you that you care for us. 
that we are more valuable to you than birds or flowers. Father, we thank you that you know us so intimately. Help us to trust you. Father, we confess that so often we do get anxious and we start worrying about all kinds of things. Help us to trust you, to place our anxieties before you. Help us to experience living in the present. Let's spend a few moments in silence and If there are burdens and anxieties on your heart, hand them over to God now. Cast them over to Him. Put them into His hand and say, I'm going to leave it with you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give you my burdens. Holy Spirit, won't you move amongst us and let us know how much you care for us. And as we hand our burdens and our anxieties over to you, Holy Spirit, won't you let your peace pour into our hearts. Help us and empower us to trust in God. And to experience the the blessings of living in the present. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.